If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Better Nation, welcome to a brand new episode of Better with Dr. Erica. Now, did you think that I, Dr. Erica, would do an episode on cannabis? Yes, as a child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, I definitely have opinions. I feel that it's very important for me to bring to you a variety of conversations around topics that you are interested in. Any day I work, cannabis comes up in some way. This episode combines a discussion on cannabis cultivation business, creating a life that centers around wellness and following your passion. My guest is David Miller, whose cannabis cultivation business focuses on health quality and wellness. Questions this episode will answer. What are some challenges to overcome big challenges? What are ways to destigmatize the cannabis industry and what systemic problems can cannabis even potentially solve? How can you take a passion and turn it into a way to make money and live? Now, you don't have to use or even be looking to use cannabis to get something from this episode. You don't even have to be pro-cannabis. There's even a discussion around family values and creating a lifestyle that supports wellness while feeling successful professionally. You're going to really enjoy this episode. So let me quit telling you about it and let you actually hear it. See you on the other side. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, y'all. Welcome to a brand new episode of Better Dr. Erica. And you know I'm your host, Dr. Erica. And you know I'm a doctor, but you know if I'm really your doctor. And if you listen to me here, I'm not officially being your doctor. This is just for educational purposes only. And you know how to find me if you want to really be my patient. You know that. So I'm so excited to be here. And I've given up. Excited is just my official word. I will be saying it. Anyway, so I am excited because I have a wonderful guest today. Now, I'll, I'll admit when when their information came across, I was like, well, let me think about it and figure it out since I'm a psychiatrist and um, the person I'm interviewing today is in the business of cannabis. So as a psychiatrist, I have mixed feelings. But, you know, I think the one thing that's obvious is cannabis wasn't going anywhere before it started being legal is not going anywhere now. Cannabis is here to stay. So we might as well have some people that are educated on cannabis talking about the cannabis. Plus, I mean, if if you could see him, I wish you could see him. He has the most kind eyes and this gorgeous smile. And how could I not like somebody like that? 
I just can't. So my guest today is David Miller. And you know, I've decided that I am not reading bios. Reading is fundamental. I have a bunch of degrees. I read very well, but no one can tell you about David Miller like David Miller. So can you take it away and tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, Dr. Erica. Thanks for having me on your show and allowing me to share some and spend some time with your listeners. So glad to be on here. I can give you a kind of a brief background of how I got to where I am today. Great. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we'll start off with that. I'm originally from uh, East Tennessee, Knoxville, was born and raised, went to University of Tennessee, graduated there uh, after three years. And it was in my, I guess, junior slash senior year, I was managing money for Tennessee Valley Authority, their nuclear disarmament fund, and had probably one of the luckiest events of my life. Mr. Uh, Buffett ended up buying a company for based on myself and my uh, other colleague in the business school's recommendation. And Clayton Holmes is a subprime lending manufacturer housing company locally in Tennessee. And so that got me all jazzed up about the financial world. And um, I moved to Atlanta after I graduated, spent about 20 years there in the, in the financial and accounting business. And I sold my business a couple of years ago. And it was about um, three or four years ago whenever uh, business was doing wonderful and I, I just wasn't being fulfilled. And I said, Hey, what do I want to do with the next 10, 20, 30 years of my life? And so I decided to make a complete 180 career change and looked at say, Hey, what, what do I believe in? What am I passionate about? And it came down to uh, my best friend passed away from uh, colon cancer, got it in his early twenties and passed away before he was 30. And, um, the experiences that I saw uh, involving cannabis uh, really gave me conviction as to how it, it can help people that and some other um, some other things that have happened within our, our family network. And so I sought out the cannabis industry and things just kind of naturally came together. And so now I'm up here in, in East Tennessee with my family. I have uh, four kids, uh, Destiny is my uh, adopted daughter slash cousin and Hudson Deacon and Paxson are my three boys and my amazing wife. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing and uh, my condolences to the loss of your friend. I can only imagine how tough that was. I know you mentioned that there was a period of time where you just realized that even though you had a successful career, it really wasn't that fulfilling. And you started asking yourself, what, what are you passionate about or what to do next? Can you tell the people a little bit, what was that process like for you? Because I find it can be a little bit different for each person of how they deal with that conundrum of realizing what they're doing isn't really what's making you feel so passionate, but how do you figure out what it is? Wow, that is a really great question. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my, my best to answer that. So whenever I was in college, I you know, had this secret crush, slash fell in love with Maria Bartiromo as she was a uh, speaker on CNBC. And I was just enamored with them talking about the markets and money. And I thought it was really cool to figure out how to, how to make money. So, um, that's what I focused on was making money. I was really, really good at it. Our company was the fastest growing financial services firm and accounting firm in 2017 or maybe 16. And so I kind of got the money thing down, but there was just something wasn't there. Although I was really good at numbers that's not where my passion was. And it, it took a lot of soul searching and, mm-hmm. you know, just figuring out, say, Hey, what do you have a 
deep, what do I have a very deep conviction around where I feel like I can make an impact in the world. And at the same time, given that same work-life balance, if that's even a thing, <laughs> um, life always seems to be out of balance um, mm-hmm. at, at some point. Um, so just uh, making sure I hadn't could spend enough time with my family and, and still give back to the community in a way that I thought was, was impactful. Well, thank you so much. And I, I know I noticed you mentioned work-life balance, and I, I feel like it's a fantasy. <laughs> Um, and it's part of the reason a lot of times people start talking about work-life integration because you never quite find balance. Even though I will admit there was a time where I had the most best, the best work-life balance before I became an entrepreneur. Then it was over. <laughs> no one told me that. They, nobody told me that you become an entrepreneur and you work all the time. Yeah, being your own boss sounds so great until you realize that everything falls on you. And <laughs> If you take, if you have a strong sense of responsibility, as it sounds like you do, then you, you can't let things slip through the cracks. <laughs> I know. It, I, I don't regret doing it, but I, in theory, it sounded so much more sexy. Yeah, hundred percent. Then it really, really is. So you know, it sounds like you, you did your soul searching, realized that hey, you know, I'm good at making money, but it doesn't really. It's almost like Marie Kondo. I feel like some of finding purpose in those kinds of things feel like Marie Kondo, you know, does it spark joy? And once you realized and had that, that moment where you realized that you had passion around cannabis and wellness, how did you go from there? Well, I serendipitously, after I was, you know, meditating, and that's kind of when the moment struck one morning, it, I was that day I was introduced to somebody through a family friend in Tennessee and I was still in Atlanta at the time. And I went up there, took a tour of their R and D facility and, and fell in love with it. And, um, it's no different than any other job in the sense that it's a business. You want to make sure that there's a purpose in the business. You want to make sure the employees are happy. You want to make sure you're making money in a, in a responsible and ethical way. And so I just transferred my business skills from my other business uh, to this cannabis business. And um, every morning when I wake up, work is not a task. Work is a fun part of life for me. And, you know, it's whether I'm working, you know, five hours or 80 hours in the week, it's 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 not work. (laughs) It took a long way to get to that point. You know, twenty plus years of of grinding out pretty long hours and and a lot of ups and downs, but but yeah, that that passion. People say follow your passion. That's one thing I wish I would have learned twenty years earlier than I did. <laughs> well, it's it's easy to say. I feel like it's it's one of those things. I I wish I would have known when I was old, like when I was younger. But sometimes I feel like it takes a little while to have the wisdom to be able to truly identify your passion and do something about it. I feel like when I was young, I may have looked up on some stuff. It's almost like you have to live a little. <laughs> yeah. Kind of run through the, run through the bush of thorns and instead of going around the, the clear path, you just, it's kind of how I look at it. I just, I got to experience the pains for myself for me to understand it's real. <laughs> Well, I've cleared my own path through a bunch of thorns and it would have been easier to go the other way. I think I learned a lot in, in getting those, you know, figurative scrapes all over me. Oh, definitely. I, I, I feel you. 
We have figured it scrapes my arms and my legs would look a hot mess. <laughs> like a total, total hot mess. But I hope all of you out there in Better Nation heard one thing he said. Now, I talk about the better seven, these seven essential areas that are important to be better, do better, and live better, and have this life that you're created for. And one of them is silence. And one of the reasons silence is so important that it can include prayer. For some people, just being quiet. It can include meditation. But to me, silence, number one, it can be grounding and help emotionally reset you. But the other piece of it is it quiets your mind enough to be able to tap into your intuition, to tap into your spiritual self, to tap into whatever your respective higher power is, to be able to really hear those small, that small voice that's going to give you clarity. And I think one of the skills that's so important to build as you as you move through life, because there's always a bunch of stuff to do. To me, with adulting, it's it's the stuff. There's always something. There's You never finish your to-do list. There's always one more thing that pops up. And I swear, I can go to the store with a list and I always forget something. <laughs> Is that it's at some point, you need that downtime to be able to just get that clarity because there's always one more thing. There's always one more thing to do. There's always one more responsibility. And at some point, you have to make the space to actually have these kinds of conversations with yourself to get to the clarity that's going to actually bring you a life that makes you feel meaningful and joyful. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Dr. Erica. And when it comes to, to silence, I guess it was in, in 2018, I started working with a gentleman, uh, Dan Dapani's his name is a Hindi priest, and he's focused on uh, focus and concentration. And like you mentioned or alluded to, you know, having that quiet mind and until you can, what I call like, get rid of all that mental chatter that everybody has, all those narratives that have built up along over the years as to how you think things should go or how things should logically play out, you know, just being able to, to push all that away and really, really be present in the moment. Uh, it's kind of a trite saying, but it has so much power, whether you're activating your pineal gland, if I said that right, or whether you're you just did. meditating. Um, yep. And, uh, or if you're doing breath work, you know, ha- there are a lot of different ways to quiet your mind and really finding out what works well for, for each individual. I know it's really hard for me being an entrepreneur because I've always got that person inside my head, just, Hey, let's do this, 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 this. So there's always a, you know, that, that shiny object that's so fun to run towards. But, you know, if you don't have presence and like you said, intuition and, you know, self-conviction and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to be, it's really difficult to, to find that passion. And I loved how you mentioned that there's a piece of it of finding what version works for you. Cause I was having a conversation with a patient last week, actually about yoga. Uh, disclaimer. Dr. Erica is not the ultimate yoga expert, but we were talking about just how sometimes different types of yoga suit different people. If your mind just tends to not be as quiet, then you might like vinyasa where you're actually moving, where you're not just sitting still. But just, I think it's so important to work through these different types of strategies to figure out which ones feel right for you. That's why we always talk about all these toolboxes 
so that you can pull out the tools that work for you. Everything doesn't work for everybody. And there are things that may work in one season that aren't the best in other seasons. But I'm also glad that you mentioned breath work because it's so powerful. And I've, I can't count how many times I've had conversations with people. And their idea of anything related to breath work or breathing exercise is just breathing like, <gasps> you know, they're like, and I'm like, there's no structure to that. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a zillion types of breathing in. Uh, there's nothing special, you know, and it's just people are like, well, I know breathing. And it's like, you know how to breathe when you're like just breathing that there's so many things that can be unlocked with other breathing techniques that I encourage people to experiment with them because there's some that are going to feel great to you. Some that are going to feel great to other people. Um, these aren't all one size fits all approaches. But breathing is, to me, one of the most powerful things, not just in quieting the mind, but the fact that it can actually activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps calm you. You probably know a lot more about the parasympathetic nervous system than I do. So I'll just say that was <laughs> a long statement. <laughs> well, I, I think part of it is is in these, in these journeys of moving through different seasons. And part of what we've been talking about is you kind of had the season where it's like, I'm, I'm doing finance, I'm making money. And, and then there was the season of let's let's figure out another path that feels a little bit more meaningful. And then there's a season of starting a new business, you know. So, I mean, it's it's like really being open to the fact that since life is in seasons, the wider variety of toolboxes we have, then we have things we can pull out no matter what the season is. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, you can have a weather issue, but what you do for a weather issue in summer is very different than winter. <laughs> you know, I. I don't need Uggs and a thick coat and hat and gloves when it's 100 degrees in Atlanta. <laughs> but I do in wintertime if it's 20 degrees in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you you and your, your listeners that follow you have really developed kind of a, a toolkit. There was something that I had in my, in my journal that I saw is you – it's kind of like a weekly lesson at the uh, end. It was called, I may be saying this wrong, Ikagi, I-K-A-G-A-I or something along those lines. And it's a Japanese um, saying that there are essentially, I think it was around seven areas that you need to have mm -hmm. balance in your life. And if, if you don't have at least somewhat of a sense or understanding and implement those different areas, then it's, it's going to be hard to be in balance. And it's a journey. I, I feel like balance, balance is a journey and you have to continually be readjusting. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things, especially in life is you want to feel like you have mastery. <laughs> so ideally it's like to be able to do something one way and it's like, you know, this is the way. And I feel like I'm two steps away from the Mandalorian. This is the way. <laughs> um, if you all don't know, I'm a huge Star Wars junkie. <laughs> I started my days off re-watching Clone Wars today, so I, ha I have a problem, and it is everything Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping the new Mandalorian comes out soon. I don't know if they're adding another season or not. but I think they'll have another season, but I think Ahsoka's going to come out next. So that'll that'll be interesting. That's part of the reason I went back and watched part of Clone Wars again was was getting ready. Um, I'm not, so, not as adept in Star Wars. I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I, I know how 
how deep that that following goes, and I don't claim to be in the in, in the top ten percent of people there. Oh, I, I don't have stormtrooper helmets at the house, you know. I I don't have any lightsabers in here. Although I did, if, if you look at my Instagram, there is uh, whenever we moved in our new office back in 2016, one of our traders, uh, Bond traders, a huge Star Wars fan, so we actually put a a star trooper helmet on with a lightsaber as he was oh. in front of Bloomberg screen trading. So and we said the forces with our bonds. So <laughs> we, we, we do have a good bit of a star Wars following in, in our circle. <laughs> I am here for that. Indeed. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for what's up with Dr. Erica. This is Dr. Erica and I have a confession. It's black history month and I've been so busy living while black that I haven't done something special for it. I literally feel like this month has been like the t-shirts that say black history is every day. But I did buy a sweatshirt from the Black History Collection at Target. Yes, they are still not paying me. So here are my thoughts. It's great that we have a month to celebrate black people, but we'll make real lasting changes to consider black people every day. Taking steps daily to facilitate equity is a must so black people can live our lives to the fullest and not shrink to make ourselves small so that we are more acceptable or palatable. Live with audacious courage and embrace your intelligence. All of us black and non-black can be intentional about being an ally and living life with an equitable lens. Dancing along to Usher at the Super Bowl or liking soul food just is not enough. So happy Black History Month, y'all. Don't forget you can be an ally every day of the year not just in February. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Now, I do have a question for you because I, I know you, you know, it sounds like there was some desire to help with wellness and, and things when it came to you getting into the cannabis industry. What are some things do you feel like are stigmas around the cannabis industry? Gosh, that, that is such uh, a laundry list. Let's see if I can prioritize that appropriately. You know, uh, with with the war on drugs that has is kind of being disassembled um, with reefer madness, you know, those videos that generations one or two older than me watched during school. It's just removing that negative connotation around um, marijuana or cannabis and or cannabis is kind of has less of a negative connotation word and it's. The, all those stigmas at, that it's bad and it's a drug and it, it can hurt you like anything I believe not used in moderation is not healthy for you. And it's, so one, it's just understanding the plan and it all comes down to something that I know is important to you. Dr. Erica is, is education and consumer education as to how things can, um, as to how this plant can help people from, from a medicinal and a mental health perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a, a challenge because, as I said on the outset, you know, the one thing is, is no matter where you are on the cannabis camp, Canvas is here to stay. So, you know, it's it's something that it's not going anywhere. It, it just isn't. Um, I think one of my biggest concerns are because I work with a, a specific population is, you know, with, with teenagers as far as brain development and cannabis use. Um, but you know, I think some of it is the, at least now some of the cannabis industry is making sure that they have high, high quality product 
because I know one of the things that we started seeing was there was some everything when people were, were getting stuff off the street. You didn't know what was in there. I literally would tell people there's no honor am- among drug dealers. You don't know what you're taking if you didn't grow it yourself. You have no idea <laughs> what you are dealing with if you didn't grow it in your backyard. And I'm from Missouri, so we didn't grow cannabis in our background, but where my mother's from in rural Missouri, they grew a lot of cannabis um, back when my mother called it wacky tobacco. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just, it, there's a huge culture shift. And like you said, it's, it's here to stay. And, you know, consumer education is at the top of our list. Our, the purpose of our company is cultivating health and happiness. And one of the, I'll share this with your listeners, one of the little known things about cannabis because of the lack of research, because of the lack of education around it, are, is that word called cannabinoids. And everybody's familiar with, or most people, if they're familiar with cannabis, are familiar with THC, which is that psychoactive substance, which... You, know, you do have to be very careful around when it comes to plasticity and, you know, our, our teenagers and, and younger adults to make sure that that's not negatively affecting them. But what we've been was kind of been silver lining and blessing in disguise for our company because we're in Tennessee where marijuana is illegal, but cannabis is legal under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. We've been studying alternative cannabinoids. So everybody, most people are familiar with the alternative cannabinoid CBD because there's mm-hmm ups going up everywhere around that it's kind of building a negative connotation because it's kind of being marketed in um, a way just to make money in a lot of cases mm-hmm. but but there's also alternative cannabinoids like CBG uh, and CBC and CBDV that um, in some in many studies have shown to be great um, cancer fighting agents against uh, anxiety and depression and inflammation so many different areas so that's with us unable to grow the thc plant we we can still grow cannabis with those alternative cannabinoids so that's what our study has been focused around and that's what we're working on with universities and grant programs and things like that so we can really unlock the potential of of helping people from a mental health perspective okay thank you and I, i have to admit I felt like I was I was on a nature hike when I when I opened your website. I was like, I was like, I haven't been around the cannabis, but this is gorgeous. Yeah, it's like it's, our founder said. It's like every day is like Christmas. Walking into our grow room, just seeing these beautiful plants, and not knowing the potential they can unlock with us. You know, so anxious—not anxious, but us so you know passionate about studying it. It made me think of, um, there are a couple of like young adult fantasy movies that there's always this fantabulous greenhouse, (laughs) you know, and it's like, you're just waiting for a wizard to come out somewhere and (laughs) make some concoction with it. But that's probably me sharing way too much. (laughs) I don't think so. Are you referencing weeds at all? That, that show? Well, no, it was like, um, there have been numerous ones, but it's like all of a sudden, I mean, there even um, Neville was in a greenhouse in Harry Potter. There's another one, uh, the one that was, oh my gosh, it was on Netflix. Um, oh, I can't think about it because it was like they had fire, water, and earth. All, everything always seems to have fire, water, and earth. I feel like I'm about to talk about Avatar. 
Um, wasn't fairies. I can't remember, but they were in a greenhouse because one one family just grew everything. Yeah. But it just always pops up in that kind of stuff because, well, and then also I was watching some Korean drama and the guy had the most gorgeous greenhouse. I have a very wide range of viewing that I'm trying to view less. <laughs> well, you had, you had mentioned, um, you know, how these negative connotations or I, maybe I had not so many words. And I think a lot of it is just debunking those myths that, that are out there when, when it comes to cannabis, like what is true and what is not true, you know, cause the, like I said, the research isn't where it needs to be. That's, it's moving certainly in the right direction, but you know, it isn't everything about the plant, you know, isn't, isn't all roses. I mean, there's, there's positive and positives and negatives with both. And it's understanding what those negatives are and how do you navigate the cannabis plan and use it responsibly. Um, so you can, you know, unlock the, the great potential that we know is there in it. Oh, and that makes sense. And I think the other thing is also getting clarity, um, like anything that you use and put into your body of clarity of why, what is the why, <laughs> you know, because there's some people I work with that they're self self medicating with cannabis and cannabis can't, Cannabis, even on its good day with all of the things it could even do, can't carry, can't do the heavy lift. So it's like the people I know that are still anxious or they're irritable or they're burned out and then they're doing edibles every day and all this stuff. And it's still not fully relieved is that if, if you notice that you're using it to try to help something that it isn't helping, you may need to actually see a professional to get some help with whatever is the underlying cause because it ends up being self-medicating. And that's not everyone's case of using cannabis. But if you notice that, oh, I'm doing this and I may be trying to get high on the regular because life sucks, you might need to see someone, you know, because I think the thing is, is, you know, I think also sometimes people look at it like magic. Yeah. And like you, you know? said, like you said, Dr. Erica, is that, that whole silence uh, aspect is if, you know, your mind's not calm, your mind's not, you know, in the right place, you don't have presence with where you are and happiness with yourself and inside you, then, you know, seeking outside inanimate or even other people out to, to solve your problems isn't going to work. And I think with cannabis, that's one of the major risks is that we are good, bad, or indifferent in a very capitalistic society. And, you know, the commercialization of this product creates a lot of excitement, creates a lot of buzz, you know, not to, not to play on words there, but, um, it's, it does help and assist with a lot of, um, a lot of issues people have, but it is not the end all be all. There is no silver bullet when it comes to, you know, mental health. And indeed. And I think one of the interesting things is I remember driving down the street at home, you know, and, I think their cannabis is conditionally legal. It's not legal across the board. But even before it was legal, it's like when all these places just started popping up. And I, I think there's an issue also, just like anything, and it happened a lot with CBD as far as quality control and making sure, you know, people had good product. Right <laughs> you packaging, know, right you and, and just as it also even happens with regular supplements, that there are some that are 
much better than others, some that are known to have better formulations or to actually have in it what it says it has in it, you know. So I think a lot of it is just really, it's important to get educated, as you mentioned, and and to also figure out the why that if there's something else going on that it would actually be helpful to see a professional for, you know, if, if you have a lot of pain all the time, so you start, you know, I won't even use my field, but if you have quite a bit of pain, you're not sure why you're in pain, and then you start self-medicating to get rid of the pain, the original cause of the pain may still be there and may get problematic. So it's just making sure that if there's a problem and you're using it due to a problem, that you get the help to make sure the underlying issue is done. Um, just as we'd say with a, a, a bunch of other things out there. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Better with Dr. Erica. What we're going to do is we're going to switch the speed round. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, so I want to start out with what is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh my gosh. Uh, what is the best compliment I've received? Or one of the best. You have beautiful children. Oh, that's a great one. As, um, I have experienced children that do not seem like they have the sweetest spirit. <laughs> mine aren't sweet all the time um but uh yeah that that definitely made made my, my oh, that that is great well you know perfection is unrealistic anyway we don't expect someone to be perfect all the time anyway <laughs> that is a setup for disappointment and stress yeah <laughs> so my next one is what's one piece of advice that you'd like to give your younger self my younger self Breathe. That is a good one. Rome Rome wasn't built in a day. And if you just breathe and take things, you know, step by step, one brick at a time, then, you know, Rome will be built, but it wasn't built in a day. I I am here for it. Now I'm laughing after I saw your website. All I can think of is plants. It's like I'm starting like, oh, breathing, calm, plants. Yeah, and when we go into those rooms in the morning um, just to kind of to check on them, it's just you walk in there and it's just it's like all the stress leaves you. You're just in there with plants and it's relaxing. So it that helps me breathe. <laughs> and the thing that makes this even more hilarious is we discovered when I went to a concert when I'm younger, I am actually allergic. I can't tolerate the smell i don't oh, know no. if I, I may be able to tolerate the plant because it's a plant like being in the space of a plant but if someone's smoking i can't breathe oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <from that. laughs> uh, and what would you consider to be your superpower uh, my dad told me at my wedding that my greatest strength and my greatest weakness is my passion so 
um, whenever I have a strong belief and passion for something, then there is, there is nobody, at least on this earth that stops me. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm not going to get in your way. <laughs> you, you can run with me. <laughs> um, let me get some exercise in so I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hop on my Peloton. You know, that's, together. I'm a huge CrossFit junkie, um, but uh, I've never been on a Peloton. I want to. I've, I have a lot of friends that have them, but um, I, I do need to get on one of those. I think they're, that's, the founder story is pretty cool, but I've heard a lot of great things about that. They're so fun, and I think the interesting thing about Peloton is the between the content and the community, I feel like the community is just as important as the content. I think that's what's given its longevity is actually – the community, but then they continue to create great content because I, I don't know how they did it when these people were doing these workouts for people and seeming really engaging in an empty room. Yeah. Like a whole empty room. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I've recently gave some talks, some presentations and they were zoom, but people were in the room, but all I saw was a mic and I'm like, Oh, now I know what, <laughs> now I know what it's like. Yeah, I think CrossFit and, and Peloton, for at least from from what you've said, have that in common. One of the main reasons I continue to do CrossFit is the community and the support that you have. And it sounds like Peloton has an element of that too. That it's more than just working out. I, I always had wanted to try CrossFit because I knew friends that just loved it, and it seems like everyone I know that does it loves it. Like, I guess if you don't love it, you just don't, there's no intermediate with CrossFit. Like I kind of like it, but I go, it seems like everyone that does CrossFit, I know just loves it. Yeah. We're us CrossFitters a little bit maniacal. So, um, yeah, we, we have a passion for it. <laughs> I'll see that's in line. That's on brand with, with passion as your superpower. Yeah. You work out with passion too. So do you have any final thoughts, takeaways, or remember what you wanted to say earlier, David? It didn't come to me, but I'm sure it will it's, at some point. It will be disseminated somehow. But uh, no other than uh, you know, mental health in just about any industry, and in, especially in this country, is something that's getting a lot more spotlight, rightfully so, with the opioid epidemic, mm-hmm. with you know just coming out of COVID and knowing the importance of, of mental health. So I'm just, I'm super honored to, to be on your podcast just so I could share my perspective on mental health and how people can maybe take a couple okay. tidbits and use it in their life. Oh, thank you so much. Now, where can the people find you? Unless uh, you don't want to be found. <laughs> um, find me on Instagram. It's David Miller dot buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, buzz, not in the, psychoactive sense but in like a media sense just kind of clarify that but um (laughs) and then our uh, flow gardens our website's just flowgardens.com it is a beautiful website thank you well i feel like i look at websites all the time and then i'm like oh that one's nice and then you're like oh that one looks like someone created it themselves on squarespace (laughs) with the with the free template you know (laughs) i mean but yours is really nice and engaging um so well, so, I did not yeah. design it, but I'll uh, I'll pass that along for people that did. <laughs> well, hey, the great thing is we don't have to design it; we pay somebody to do it. I can't just des- I couldn't design a website. <laughs> I want to. 
You got the Harvard and Emory and all those degrees and you can't design a website. Come on. I, I mean, I, I could sit with lead pages and put together a landing page, but like <laughs> I'm a little bit of a creative, so I'm good for giving pointers, but like to do it. Mm-mm, no, that is not a good use of my education. Cause I'd be on the struggle bus. I'd be like, how do you do this? And where is this? Let me look this up. Where's this code? Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not my ministry. I am fine. Well, the first thing I just want to say is thank you to the David Miller for spending time with us. I feel very honored to have been able to have this conversation. And thanks for pouring into my listeners. The next is thank you all of you in Better Nation that you took some time out for yourself, showed up for yourself and tuned in on this podcast. Thanks for trusting both of us to be in your ears today and to do quality time. My final thoughts of today, let's see. We'll go back to my, you know, I keep telling you about this thing from Target I bought with these cards. <laughs> oh, we'll take this one. I feel like every episode I pull one of these out, we just see what it says. It says, what you are expecting determines whether you will or will not be able to see the possibilities all around you by Daniel R. Castro. Woo. I will take that. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things is just being able to, we, we've talked a lot about being quiet, quieting your mind enough to get clarity. And one of the reasons it's important to get some clarity is to be able to, when necessary, set expectations and when necessary, be open to expectations. And I, I think one of the great things that makes life so exciting and rewarding is being open to the possibilities and being open to other people's experiences and points of view. It's one of the things that makes it makes our human experience brighter. There's a reason why diversity is important. I'm not going to get on a soapbox about the Supreme Court of the United States and how much of a racist and homophobic places places right now. <laughs> I will not do that, I promise. Uh, but just being open to the possibilities for your life, being open to other people's experiences, to being open to ways you can you can learn by just being exposed to different activities, different people, and different um, different opinions and different experiences. And being open will give you a just a more colorful life, but will also open you to possibilities you may not have been able to imagine with only your experiences. So I want to just say, be open to the possibilities. And also, we've been talking about wellness this whole time. And I always talk about putting you back in your life to help prioritize you and your wellness so that you can not only enjoy your life, but all these people that you want to be able to support and care for so that you have the longevity to do it. So take care of yourselves and be open to the possibilities. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Better with Dr. Erica. It was my honor to be here. I need you to take your left hand, put it on your right arm. Take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a huge squeeze. Now, as I said before, don't do this if you're driving. No car accidents due to me. If so, wait till you get where you're going. If you like what you heard, do me a favor, um, follow or subscribe. That helps me get more content to you. The next thing is please rate rate us in five stars. I am the shameless Uber driver right now. Five stars, please. And the last thing is please share um, share the podcast. We do not want to be this um, like the biggest 
kept secret. And oh, you can also review. So that would be wonderful. But I look forward to seeing you next time. You know, we drop new episodes on Tuesdays. And until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible. But I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.